You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Welcome to Writing Black. I am your host, Aisha Kai, and I am so, so, so excited for this week. I know, I say it every week, but I can't help it. Um, you know, listen, I don't always interview my friends, but sometimes I get a chance to, because what can I say? Like, my friends are dope and they do dope things. You know where that came from. Anyway, <laughs> this week we're doing something a little bit different, which is, you know, technically, Writing Black is all about people who work with words. And these two guests are people who work with words, yes, but they also work with visuals. And what I love about them is that they really tell the story of our lives, um, Black lives. Because when we talk about how Black lives matter, it's never just, it shouldn't ever just be about surviving. Um, they really talk about how we live. And so I'm so excited to welcome to the show today, the founders of AfroChic, Janine Hayes and Brian Mason. Hey, y'all. Hello. <laughs> We're so happy to be here. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's so good to see you too. Listen, I'm going to, full disclosure to our audience, like these are really good friends of mine um, who I have followed for a very long time. I, I initially met Janine through her sister, uh, Angela Hayes, also an amazing interior designer if you live on the East Coast. Um, but, you know, as, as this being one of my passions of, uh, you know, a personal passion of mine and also being the lifestyle editor of The Griot, I do feel like there is a conversation to be had with the two of you because AfroChic really started as a blog. I mean, we talk about the written word. This started as a blog and has exploded into so many facets. But like, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning of AfroChic. Like, how did this start? How did this start to coalesce for you? Oh, okay. All right. Well, AfroChic started way, way, way back in in uh, 2007. So a uh, much different world, like very different than we're in now. It was like a point where the blogosphere was just kind of blowing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were living in San Francisco and uh, doing very different things. Janine was a policy attorney. I was a, a student. I was working on master's degrees and, you know, hunting for a PhD. And uh, didn't think we were going to be doing any of this. And um, Janine was very much into design as kind of like her creative outlet from her job. I was very much not into design, and so I was not doing a, a good job of having design conversations. So I, I suggested that we we start a blog so that you know she would find better conversation partners, and maybe I would learn a few things along the way. And uh, you know, and it kind of went from there. Yeah, I mean, I I do love that from the standpoint of like you guys are actually like I can't call you high school sweet kind of collegiate sweethearts and that you met on your college tours correct yes yes, yes. yep okay exactly. so you've been together a exactly. long time yep. yeah yeah 26 years yeah oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> um so janine writing the blog and building an audience from there like, like first of all I, I think it's fair to say that a lot of us, um, a lot of what, a lot of people who are even in the journalism space now started as bloggers. Um, and I think obviously you were on the early curve of that. Like, how did that develop for you? Like, how did it, I mean, Brian told us a bit of how it started, but like, how did it kind of evolve? How did you start to grow an audience? 
You know, honestly, it was very organic in a lot of ways, but I think that, you know, blogging for me was just about self-expression and just, um, you know, I was looking at a lot of content at that time, early 2000s, 2007, and looking at interior design blogs and really feeling like there was something missing. What was missing was I didn't see anybody who looked like me. Mm -hmm. I knew there were plenty of Black folks who have great spaces, who are artists, who are designers, who are artisans uh, in the home decor world, and I wasn't seeing them. So it really just became wanting to write about them, wanting to introduce people to all the folks that I had known or people that, you know, Brian and I were just discovering as we kind of got deeper into the home decor world. So uh, a lot, in a lot of ways, it was a little bit selfish, I guess, and just, you know, wanting, I wanted to see what was missing. Um, And being able to write about people now for 15 years that we've been doing it, is one of the real joys that I get um, from what we do. I don't just get to, we don't call like our house tours, even for our book or for any of the writing that we do. They're not tours, they're portraits. They're a discussion about people's lives. They're small ethnographies. um, And they help us tell a deeper story about the African-American story, um, particularly through the lens of home. Yeah, the the home portrait idea is definitely one that came up as we were. It's developed over time, kind of. You know, we've as though we've been doing this, and you know, from blogging and to other things we've been working on. You do write a lot of house tours, and then you start mm-hmm. to realize. You know, we start looking at well, what is this person's? I think the, the the way we term it, we call it what is their story of home, and that becomes a lot of what is is the book is about. It's not simply looking at people's spaces and saying, okay, here are you know a number of great places that black people live. It's about saying, you know, what was the real story that took them there? And that story is invariably includes more than the person who lives in that house. So I'm excited for you guys to see the color and all these just magical palettes that you created in your home. Thanks for having us today. Thanks for coming. (laughs) So we're actually going to start in your living room. We're downstairs in this gorgeous living room. And you guys are going to see here that we have this beautiful blue color palette that reminds me of the ocean. And when you go to the tropics and you're in these areas that you're just sort of super relaxed. Was that the inspiration for the color that you have here in the living room? Besides it being my favorite color, turquoise, I mean, I definitely wanted the house to feel like you were in the Caribbean. It includes, you know, parents, grandparents, ancestors, movements, and, and all of the world that took place around them as these things were taking shape. And so uh, for us, we found that, like, talking about the word and, and storytelling and narrative as a vehicle, um, we're learning to read spaces in a similar way. Listen, I, you know, so another full disclosure moment. I was blessed to be in this book, <laughs> the remix. Yes. This is your first book. Remix, decorating with culture, objects, and soul. There may I may or may not recognize this woman. <laughs> on page 152 in my old apartment. And that is how we first came into each other's lives. But um, you know, and, and I I I was just saying to our producers, I was saying, you know, I had not spent enough time with the story that you told about me. <laughs> and about my space. I think at the time, you know, it's like you're so vain and you're like, what does it all look like? <laughs> but um, you really told such, to your point, you really told such a comprehensive story about 
me, my life at the time as a full-time musician. Now I'm a full-time journalist who still does music, but yeah. you know, it's like, um, I love, I love that part. I love the fact that you have entwined, you know, in this case, two of my passions or three of my passions really, which is, you know, aesthetics, words and music, right? Like you told a complete story of me. So thank you guys for that. I mean, this is your first book, but tell me about your second. Tell you, you have a new book and I want to hear about this book. Because I know I'm getting in trouble for this, but I do want to admit, I'm going to admit, since we're doing full disclosures today, your house tour was actually one of my favorites that we wrote for that book. (laughs) Because (laughs) it was, it was this moment we, we, again, we, we kind of knew you were getting to know you more shooting with you was so much fun. Uh, you know, we were there with Patrick, who we love, and unfortunately, we recently lost. Yeah. And the the amazing visuals that you had there, but also the fact that that music played through the visuals of your space, played through your story. Just to get the love I deserve, cause I am young enough to have a lot to learn, but I'm old enough to know better. I've had hard times, but as far as I'm concerned, I've come much too far to settle. So what will I be when I grow up? Is it only me who wants this much? Where is the love feeds my soul? And kind of being able to tell, you know, Trying to tell this story in a way that came across as well as it came through in your space was the challenge of, of doing that. And at the same time, really becoming a fan of your music. And, and tell you for a while, like your your music was all my phone would play. I would hit shuffle. It was invariably you. <laughs> like back to back you. And I'm not even shuffling on my great. own phone. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just and, not. And <laughs> it was just, it was a really, it was, it was one of those steps where it was a definite step towards the way that we're telling stories now. Mm. And part of it was, it's not an easy thing to do in a design book (sighs) because the focus of a design book and the focus that people expect both on the the customer side and on the publisher side is this is a book about pictures. Mm -hmm. And for us, even with Remix, we were going, the words matter. You know, there's a story that we have to tell here. There's, there's, there are things that you need to understand in order to understand the space and understand what we're trying to say that aren't going to come through just from looking at the pictures. The pictures are great. Pictures were amazing. Pictures made the book, but the, the words were so important. And, and for this book, we're, we're kind of always trying to expand what we feel design is or, or the way design is generally perceived. And we're, we find we're also, with every book, trying to expand what a design book is and what it can be. And so with Remix, we pushed as far as we could. And now with uh, with this new book, Afrashik Celebrating the Legacy of the Black Family Home, we've pushed it even further. Yeah. I hope you are enjoying this conversation as much as I am. We'll be back in a minute with more Writing Black. The Griot Black Podcast Network is here and it's everything you've been waiting for. News, talk, entertainment, sports, and today's issues, all from the Black perspective. Ready for real talk and Black culture amplified? Be inspired. Listen to new and established voices now on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the Griot Mobile app and tune in everywhere great podcasts are heard. 
Introducing Deer Culture with Panama Jackson on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Bring your friends for the shenanigans and stay for the edutainment as Panama debates culture wars, Janet Jackson versus Michael, Black Fashions, Black Mendations, and everything black. Listen today on the Griot mobile app for all the black culture conversations you don't want to miss. Also available wherever great podcasts are heard. Welcome back to Writing Black. Okay, so tell me about Afrashik celebrating the legacy of the Black woman. Because I have to say, like, you know, what you all have done in the space of the past, I guess now 15, I can't think it's been 15 years already. (laughs) In the space of this time period um, has been remarkable. And I think you have proven to not just your friends and followers, but to a mass market, which includes HGTV, includes all sorts of, of, you know, El Decor, like all sorts of really uh, high-end mainstream uh, outlets that there is an audience for this content. And that, Mm -hmm. um, and not just a black audience, actually, (laughs) you know, know, when I look at like some of your contemporaries, some of the people who, uh, you know, laud you and who I know that you run with, I'm like, yeah, these are not black adjacent people they're just (laughs) folks who do great design and who appreciate great design so in approaching this book like how what was different about it Mm. I have to hold the book up. I want people to see it. Please it, do. It, it's, yes. Because I don't beautiful. have it yet. I'm, I'm, listen, I want you to send it over. I don't have it. I would have held it up. We, we will make sure that you are on the list. And I, I almost, I'm like, I know the publisher is going to get super mad if I don't at least make sure that this baby yes, is a no, little bit Please, 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 please. I do it every episode. So I'm so glad you will. So, so make sure that <laughs> she's back there. And uh... This book was really... Um, uh, a dream and it was you know the idea came about um i was reading an article we had read an article because we like we like to read together like we'll find an article and then i'll be like hey babe i'll read this to you later or he'll read it to me later um and there was an article and i think it was around juneteenth and it was about um what happened after emancipation and it talked about how, you know, African-Americans, you know, our ancestors were, you know, freed, you know, from, mm-hmm. from these plantations and how the plantation owners just would throw people out into the streets, you know, I mean, and they, these people didn't like, they were born into slavery. So they, they, there was nowhere else to go right. to live. You couldn't you rent, a, rent a right. place. You, you, there was nothing. And um, the, and, and thousands upon thousands of our ancestors died during, um, a period, uh, after slavery where people were without homes, they were homeless, they were left in the streets, they had disease, they, um, and, um, and I, there was one story in particular where, where this woman said that people would just walk by the dead bodies. And that really, just stayed with me. Like I, I was just thinking about it and I was like, how could that have happened? Like I, how could someone just walk by these bodies? But then I started to think about what was the story of home for our ancestors? Like I was like, you know, the idea that you were born into slavery and then Mm -hmm. emancipation happens and you're just, you know, no one cares. There's no society Mm -hmm. that cares about you. And then we have to build community home 
and safe spaces. And that's where the idea of, of this book came from. It was like, this is a story that hasn't been told about our journey to creating home for ourselves in a country um, that, you know, that, that is our home. Um, but that was never designed for us to succeed, right? Like That wasn't designed for us in any way. And yeah. this story just becomes this amazing story of resilience, of perseverance, of, and there is a historical journey that goes on. And so we wanted to talk about the beauty of Black homes. We wanted to talk about the history of individual families and their own experiences. We'll be back in a minute with more Writing Black. The Griot Black Podcast Network is here, and it's everything you've been waiting for. News, talk, entertainment, sports, and today's issues, all from the Black perspective. Ready for real talk and Black culture amplified? Be inspired. Listen to new and established voices now on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the Griot Mobile app and tune in everywhere great podcasts are heard. Welcome back to Writing Black. We wanted to talk about what we call in the book, The Journey Home, this historical movement that African-Americans have had for almost 200 years in making home in America. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's important Luke, to say something about kind of that concept and how it developed too, because there are a couple of other things going on around that time. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is that we had uh, started the magazine. Right. And so Afrochic Magazine, was for us, is for us, in a lot of ways, it was sort of a a return. It felt like coming home mm -hmm. because in, in a lot of ways, since Remix kind of moved us off more in the interior design trajectory. And so things were more about physical spaces, things like that, and about the work that we were doing. Uh, with coming to the magazine, we were able to start telling the story again of other people in the diaspora, really kind of holding up this lens to diaspora culture and making the decision early on that the magazine, we said it's never going to be about the people you know, it's going to be about the people you should know. Mm. And within that kind of telling those stories, we, that's when we started looking more into telling even deeper stories in our house tours. We started a, um, uh, a segment of the magazine, which is now called The Black Family Home. We actually looked at my family's ancestral home in Philadelphia. We've had about five uh, generations of my family in this wow. one house since the 50s. Wow. And, um, and our, our work on restoring that house. And part of the way that it developed was actually that when Janine first kind of came up, presented the idea, because even from the end of Remix, she said the house tour section was really great. I'd love to do a book that's all house tours. And then when it came back up again, actually, after reading this article, it took me a minute to, to really say, I want to do this because at first I didn't, I never wanted to do a, a book that was just an interior design book. Mm. You know, the part of the, the question always, and even one of the questions our publisher asked us first was why does the world need another interior design book? And um, I never wanted it to be that because I felt like the danger there was that at best we would present something was just another design book. And at worst, we would present something that actually would become part of the problem mm. by presenting spaces that could be held up then to say, look, here's a book full of black people who have nice houses. Everything for black people is fine. Mm. And so for, for, for us, it had to be if we if we're going to tell the story. So this is, again, where we get into the idea of what a design book is really about. It's about the pictures or it's about the words and how you 
you fight for space for the words in mm-hmm. a design book. Because we said from the beginning, if we're going to tell the story, we have to tell the whole story. Right. Because it's the one thing we've never really seen attempted. Right. Is to tell the whole story behind anything. So we're looking at black suffering or we're looking at black joy, but whichever one we're looking at, we're only looking at that one. I love that you just said that, actually, because like when I, you know, I'm the lifestyle editor of The Griot and one of my imperatives coming in, even when I was interviewing for the job, was that when we talk about Black Lives Mattering, um, we can't just be talking about trauma, like how we live, how we continue to live, create spaces for ourselves, create communities, like all of that matters, right? Um, Which is partly why, you know, I fell in love with you guys, because I think that like, that's exactly what you're doing. I think that's exactly um, what you're cultivating. I think it's more than a socioeconomic or even access conversation. I think it's a community conversation. I think it's uh, aspirational, sure, but inspirational, absolutely. It's also like, where are we? Where do we live? What are we doing? How are we doing? Right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like all of those things. I also don't think it's fair to t- to say that to talk about how you guys were crafting this particular book without noting that you were also crafting it in the middle of, I mean, what is an ongoing pandemic, which I know also touched each of you personally. So, like, what was that experience like? Did it influence like how you wrote the book or? you know, what ideas you put into it? Yeah, I mean, definitely there is the book. Um, as we go through, you know, all these different house tours, so there's 16 different homes that are featured in the book. Um, and these stories really mirror the historical journey. We have people who've gone through the Great Migration. We have people, um, you know, who, you know, who, um, you know, I was going to say this, the Great Migration, but you, uh, some of the other historical yeah. moments. But we also talk about COVID, too, um, because for some of us, we're going through this new sort of what we call the New York migration, um, where, you know, people who, uh, you know, had to leave cities yeah. and actually start new home spaces right. um, and the challenges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we had to do that ourselves. And we talk about that in our own home tour. Um, and then we also have a section in, in the journey home section about COVID-19 and its impact on black home ownership. Mm. Yeah. So when we talk about the whole story, we really do try to, to start from, you know, emancipation emancipation and uh, reconstruction going through the Great Migration, the Great Depression, uh, all the way up to the present moment. And the reason why it was so important to do that, again, to your point, is to just to say, not Black suffering or Black joy, but Black joy in context yes. is what we want yes. this book to be. Absolutely. Because you really can't understand one without the other. And again, it was one of those things where you really have to convince the people who you're working with, that, you know, that because that, they're going this is a history book now? And you're like, yes, right. yes it is. Because every story that we tell from the, the, the macro standpoint of this, this African-American journey to home um, is mirrored in the individual stories that we tell for each, each homeowner. So if you're looking at them, you can see where the connections are. You know, and it might not be you know, page after page, but you might be towards the middle of the book and see somebody's life in, in, in one story, something that connects to something that happened at the beginning of the book or in, in one of the other sections. But we wanted to be able to create that sense of the, the intertwining of the two. You know, you, yeah. can't, you can't understand the joy without the suffering, but you can't 
really contextualize the suffering without the joy in seeing everything that we and our ancestors have done and how we've created and shaped this culture to, you know, to, to be this beautiful thing, both in, in tandem with and in spite of everything that's arrayed against us. Okay, I love the idea. Like, well, not even sorry, the, the idea. It's the reality of and the phrasing of, you know, in tandem with and in spite of. Because I think that that, to this day, like, that's our reality. You know, we do a lot of things in tandem with and in spite of. We will be right back in a minute with more Writing Black. Introducing Dear Culture with Panama Jackson on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Bring your friends for the shenanigans and stay for the edutainment as Panama debates culture wars, Janet Jackson versus Michael, Black Fashions, Black Mendations, and everything Black. Listen today on the Griot mobile app for all the Black culture conversations you don't want to miss. Also available wherever great podcasts are heard. Welcome back to Writing Black. I want to double back to the magazine for a second. Because <laughs> again, you know, you guys at this point, like, you know, part of, listen, I have, I again, I have dope friends. I do dope things. But <laughs> like, one of the things that I find so, working in journalism every single day and knowing how exhaustive that thing can be, um, what prompted the idea or even the ambition or even the idea that you were capable of starting a, a <laughs> magazine like you do I know it's a quarterly so it's not a daily it's a quarterly but <laughs> it's still it's so well researched it's so well written it's so well photographed it's a huge undertaking and we've seen a lot of other magazines not be able to like keep up with that what made you guys feel like that was something that you needed to do in the interim between these two books we're massive nerds. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> I think it was really wanting to get back to just something slower. You know, it's like mm. the slow home movement, slow fashion. It's just like that idea of just slowing down and that when you're on blogs, it just starts to feel like you are just overrun with content. And that you're just on all, all the time. time. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's everything. Yeah. You know, everything right now was just like, there's so much hitting us all the time. And there was a lot of pressure with a blog that it was like ugh, daily content. Then it started to get to hourly content. It was just like, oh, you have to churn out so much content. Um, and our team- and quality levels were, were, were dropping commensurately. You know, like if, mm -hmm. if you have to do something and you only have- you know, three minutes to do it, you're not going to do the same level of work as if you have three weeks to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and we really wanted to kind of get back to something that both of us love. We are both writers. Um, we love writing or creative writers. Um, and so it just was to get back to writing, get back to thinking and being able to think more deeply about the story. If we were thinking about someone to highlight in food, we wanted to really go into and have an interview with them and talk mm -hmm. about what was that journey for them. Um, if it's about home decor, it's still those home portraits and getting to understand the person, because when you step inside the space, especially in black homes, what you're getting is us. Mm -hmm. You're actually stepping inside our space and you're getting someone's story. You're getting uh, someone's family history. You're getting what they love now. You're getting where they've traveled. It's all there for you to experience and see. And the magazine, especially being quarterly, 
lets us do that in a way that we have more depth in our content um, rather than just kind of churning, churning out stories. And if we can, we should circle back later to exactly why that is, because that's we'll something circle back that to it now, because, you know. We all got so much. Well, but before I do that, <laughs> okay, okay, say it now. okay, I'm going to say it now. There's the other thing I want to say about the magazine okay. now. But um, there's a reason why that is. And it, it, there is in that a unique aspect of what is black design. Yeah. And I will say, I, I would want to think about it more, but I might even go as far as to say specifically African-American design or rather black American design. Mm -hmm. Because it's not necessarily a given for every design style that that personal story is automatically there. It's, it's always a possibility. And more and more now we do see people saying design should tell a story, design should be a story. But for a long time, design was simply a mark of status. It wasn't about telling who you were, it was about displaying what you had accumulated or, you know, or what you could afford. Um, as we go around to the uh, credenza here, um, the credenza is another really special piece. Not only is there, you know, local things, Philadelphia things, things that are about our sort of culture and where we come from, but Brooklyn things as well. And the credenza was something that I found online by a really cool group here in Brooklyn called Egg Collective. But the African-American home is different. And one of the things that we talk about in the book is going a little bit deeper into actually explaining what is black American design and what is how it works, things like that, because we're constantly presented with the question, is that a real thing? Mm -hmm. And we keep saying, well, you know, there's Scandinavian design, there's French design, there's Japanese design. Right. Why wouldn't Why there not? be black design? There's black food, there's black dance. Why wouldn't there be black design? It's just a Do they want us to call really it soul taken. design? What do they want? What do they want? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that's like been that. presented. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but the reason behind it being that there, because there's so little space made for us mm -hmm. in this society that, that we live in. And because representation is such a, a constant unending battle for us on, on pretty much every front. One of the things that home represents for us is a place where we can be represented freely. Mm. And there's all other sorts of things that go into that ideas of, you know, safety, control, celebration, memory. And we, we do talk about those in the book and, and really bringing those together to explain why African-American or Black American design is more about feel mm -hmm. than it is about specific furniture choices or a specific color palette. Or, you know, and so the, the, the designs can vary wildly. And the homes that we've, we've collected in this book are very different homes. You wouldn't expect in, in any other design book to necessarily see some of them put together, but if you're looking at them through this lens of what design does for us, how it functions as a cultural artifact to service the needs that history has created for us in this country, then they all make sense and they all fit together and they're all woven together in this larger story of the African-American journey to home. Um, okay, so love all that. We will be back in a minute with more Writing Black. The Griot Black Podcast Network is here, and it's everything you've been waiting for. News, talk, entertainment, sports, and today's issues, all from the Black perspective. Ready for real talk and Black culture amplified? Be inspired. Listen to new and established voices now on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the Griot Mobile app and tune in everywhere great podcasts are heard. Welcome back to Writing Black. 
um, and this is why I love you guys. I mean, listen, um, for those who have not engaged with Remix, they should. I'm really looking forward to the new release because I think, you know, this sounds, A, I can't wait for it to reach me. At any rate, it's available for pre-order, y'all. Afrochic celebrating legacy of the Black family home. You can get it now wherever books are sold. I'm pre-ordering mine, although they better send me one too. Um, <laughs> yes, but, we'll send you but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going. You know, I'm not. Listen, I, I know you're going to put me in the next book again. That's fine. That's fine. My house is. Very nice. <laughs> you know, my house. We didn't make it out to the mid. You're right. You're right. I was moving. Point is. Um, you know, you guys remain a constant source of inspiration for me, both as a lover of great design and aesthetics, and also as somebody who's gotten to know you personally. Um, since you're both writers first, really, um, what do you read? What inspires you? Like when you're thinking about these dialogues, I have to imagine that it's not just like, you know, you're not just looking at Eldercore, shout out to Asad Sarkat. <laughs> um, but like, I, I gotta imagine it's, you're drawing from a variety of sources here when you are cultivating these ideas of what home is. Who do you guys read? Who do you listen mm. to? Who do you watch? I don't, I mean, I, I probably it's like, the list is probably pretty unexpected. I, I think that we just get inspired by everything. So, um, you know, it's just really taking in a lot of different mediums. Right now, I'm really enjoying graphic novels. Mm. It's something that I've really gotten into, especially um, battling long COVID. Reading is harder because you go through brain fog, um, which is basically, you call it brain fog, but it's it's neurologic damage that's caused by the virus. Um, and graphic novels are something that I can easily sit down and read and enjoy. And I am in particular, I love historical black graphic novels. So uh, I just finished reading uh, Bitterroot. I'm reading right now the John Lewis series, March, which is three parts, which is just the most amazing graphic novel I think that's ever been done. There's um, a series black. called Black. Mm -hmm. uh, some guys we met in Harlem at the annual Harlem uh, uh, comic book festival that they have that the Black series is about what if only African-Americans were the ones that had superpowers and what would be the reaction be by society, by the government. Um, we're still so, waiting. We're waiting for them to activate. We thought it was going to happen on December. Right. And <laughs> what's so cool about graphic novels, and actually, I will say, actually did have some inspiration to this book, is graphic novels, Black graphic novels in particular, weave history into the story so seamlessly right. and make it still entertaining and also great for an, a younger audience to learn history. And but just like you we guys, wanted that's to exactly really what do you're doing too. And that's what I think similar. Exactly We're why give I you... started this podcast. I do think that that's exactly what we yes. do. We can't help it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. Yeah. yeah. Telling beautiful stories, looking at beautiful spaces in our book, but you're also going to learn something. Yeah. Yeah. And me, I, I read, um, I don't know, like I, I'm still very much a, a diaspora studies kind of nerds okay, and don't I, ever I write lose the it. diaspora. <laughs> I, I, I can't because I'm still trying to figure it out. Like it, the, the magazine's been great because I have that section on diaspora. I'm kind of just like working through the ideas. So, but I love, I love things that were written by black people in the academy, like prior to the 1980s. There's mm -hmm. no shade to anybody who's been doing the right, doing the work since then. Well, I mean, when you go back and you read, like, especially the nonfiction of, like, a Richard Wright or, 
James Baldwin. Um, definite, definite uh, shout outs to Robert Allen, who was basically the one who recruited me for, for Berkeley. Mm. And um, his books, you know, Black Awakening and Capitalist America, and, you know, the concept of uh, internal colonization, just, just such amazing work. And um, Richard Wright, I think, you know, the same way that we were inspired to kind of weave history and culture together um, to write this book, I was inspired by this quote from Richard Wright, where he said that he was upset after Black Boy was released because of the success of it, because it was something that anyone, even a banker's daughter, he said, could sit down and cry about and go to sleep feeling better about themselves. And so he said he wrote Native Son because he wanted to create something that people would have to confront. And I love this quote. It sticks with me every time we start to write something without the consolation of tears. Mm. Yeah, you have to confront your biases. Yeah, yeah. And I think for us, so much of what this book is, is telling the story, but also pulling it together. Because we as we've gone through it we we realize and you see this this let's say this a lot that the the black family home is a missing character in the narrative of american history and we say american history not black history because black history is a missing character in the narrative of american history and so needing to kind of to weave all of those together it brought up the question of why and so we we take time in the book to explore that and to to see not only the the causes, but the outcomes of removing the black family home from our concept of American life and all of the things that go on that we don't pay attention to because it's not in it's not in our popular knowledge. It's not in our, our, our public concept yeah. to even think of the black family home. So its absence isn't noticed. And so how that fits together in terms of inheritance, in terms of wealth, in terms of everything from educational access, medical access, food justice, all of these things, environmental justice, all of these things are are wound up in and tied into the presence and more specifically the absence of the black family home as a, a, a component in public discourse. We will be right back in a minute with more Writing Black. Introducing Dear Culture with Panama Jackson on the Grio Black Podcast Network. Bring your friends for the shenanigans and stay for the edutainment as Panama debates culture wars, Janet Jackson versus Michael, Black Fashions, Black Mendations, and everything Black. Listen today on the Grio mobile app for all the Black culture conversations you don't want to miss. Also available wherever great podcasts are heard. Welcome back to Writing Black. I entirely agree, and I'm so glad that, among others, you all are doing the work and that I get to personally get to ask you about this work. Um, Janine Hayes, Brian Mason of Afrochic, thank you so much for being on this episode of Writing Black. I'm sure it is not the last that our Grio audience will see of you. I will make sure of that because, hey, lifestyle. <laughs> but, you know, for those who are wondering, again, Afrochic, uh, their, their second book, Celebrating the Legacy of the Black Family Home, you can order it now. Um, I highly recommend it, even unseen. When I recommend something sight unseen, that means it's dope. Uh, and I don't just say that because I was in the first book and it was dope. But 
Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for being on Writing Black and um, also for writing Black, writing Black lives and designing Black lives and 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 celebrating Black lives. We, we, we I love you. I, I'm sure our audiences will love you. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you know you. we, we love, love you, you and I am so excited. I'm so glad you got this series that you that you've created this and that I know it's you. It's 100%, 100% you and <laughs> it is exciting to see you do your thing. Always Listen, exciting black to stories, see you. Do you know that's my jam. <laughs> so. yes, absolutely. We're still waiting for your novel. It's, it, it, listen, yeah. oh, pressure me. Uh, it's coming. <laughs> we will be back in a minute with more Writing Black. The Griot Black Podcast Network is here, and it's everything you've been waiting for. News, talk, entertainment, sports, and today's issues, all from the Black perspective. Ready for real talk and Black culture amplified? Be inspired. Listen to new and established voices now on the Grio Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the Grio mobile app and tune in everywhere great podcasts are heard. All right, let's get back into it. Welcome back to Writing Black. So if you did not guess from that interview, I am a lover, lover, lover of great design and particularly great black design. And there really are so many exciting people working in this space. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like, I mean, there's so many people. <laughs> I'm thinking of Asad Serket at El Decor, who we, we gave a shout out in this interview, but like, you know, we're talking about a black editor in chief of El Decor. If you think that has not changed the dynamics of how that magazine is pre presented, how those homes are presented, um, think again and definitely like go and check it out and 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 see what what the the good news is, as I like to say. Um, also, we talked about this book, Remix. I mean, this is not a new book. It's uh, probably about a decade old now, um, maybe more. But Janine and Brian's first effort um, is not just a favorite of mine because I'm in it, although I am in it. <laughs> no, but they really, you know, exactly what they were discussing in this interview. Uh, you know, they are really talking about not just what, a black home looks like, but also what components go into it. What the what what is the spirit of that home? What is the soul of that home? Uh, and not even in that colloquial soul food kind of sense, although that's relevant too. You know the ways in which you know we decide to infuse history in our homes is not at all in like the way people are like you know have antiques or what have you. Our homes have meaning too. And what I love so much about uh, Janine and Brian is that they have never divorced that from their design work. It's never just a decor. It's always imbued with like so much um, texture and history and relevance. And so uh, I highly recommend. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Writing Black. As always, you can find us on the Grio app or wherever you find your podcasts.
Introducing Deer Culture with Panama Jackson on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Bring your friends for the shenanigans and stay for the edutainment as Panama debates culture wars, Janet Jackson versus Michael, Black Fashions, Black Mendations, and everything black. Listen today on the Griot mobile app for all the black culture conversations you don't want to miss. Also available wherever great podcasts are heard. The Griot Black Podcast Network is here, and it's everything you've been waiting for. News, talk, entertainment, sports, and today's issues, all from the Black perspective. Ready for real talk and Black culture amplified? Be inspired. Listen to new and established voices now on the Griot Black Podcast Network. Listen today on the Griot mobile app and tune in everywhere great podcasts are heard.